in your face. Absolutely delighted to have Dr. Lisa Anderson in the studio to talk about the upcoming Beguiling exhibition at the Victorian Pride Centre. Welcome. Thank you, James. Nice to be here. It's a multimedia exploration of changing landscapes and environmental collapse. Pretty much, yes. Wow. Tell us more. (laughs) Okay. I'm an artist, clearly, and have spent quite a long time in the Arctic and the Antarctic on residencies in particular. Over the last, I think the first time I went was 2007, so quite a while, and um, it was always a challenge for me to understand that landscape. But I went uh, with a lot of international companies um, and expeditions and just photographing all of those works. And I'd be working on them and I'd do exhibitions with them. But during COVID, you you could only work with what you had. So I dug out some of the data that I could still open. And I mean, there were images I'd never seen because... I, I never had time to open them and contemplate them and think about what they were because on those expeditions I'd take thousands and thousands of photographs and so I, I got to replay with those and what I was thinking about was the doomsday clock which is a clock that's set up by scientists and some political theorists and they work on Um, the dangers to the destruction of the planet. Now, they can include, and mostly do include, climate change, war, possible declaration of war, migration of people, range of things. So for the first time ever, the clock is set at 90 seconds to midnight, which is scary because basically it means if if these things all go wrong at once, um, we're... So you went to some of the most remote and the most endangered parts of the planet and took thousands of of photos. Tell us more about some of those locations. Okay, the locations themselves are fascinating places. Um, For instance, I was on the 100th crossing of the Northwest Passage and in those days, you know, which has a romantic notion to it, but it was a science expedition led by a Russian scientist team, um, and it was um, a restaging, really, of of the way through. And the places are all fascinating. I did work with Inuit artists in different places, uh, particularly throat singing, uh, which is amazing. Throat singing in the Arctic is uh, only done by women. It's not done by the men. Um, where throat singing, there's some other place that does it and it's only done by the men. So in this case, it's the women. And what it is, is I'm sure you've seen pictures of Inuit people with the baby in a little thing. And um, so they sing in a way that is the story of the landscape, the animals, the ice crashing, those noises. And they use each other. It's two people do it together. And they use each other as a boombox so that the noises come through and the baby hanging on the back or on the tummy hears the noise and is comforted by this. So it's just a way of life. How did you end up with a Russian team going through the Northwest Passage? <laughs> it was an international um, thing where the company was looking for uh, particular kinds of 
photographers and artists. I think on that one, I wasn't there to photograph, but I did take thousands of photographs. Um, they wanted to get on this disappearing part of the planet an artist's understanding of it rather than scientists coming back with data, which was just cold. Um, fabulous stuff, brilliant stuff, but unless we relate through to it, we don't get it. We just don't as people. So beguiling includes photographs of landscapes that possibly have never been photographed before. Yes, and may not exist any longer because some of those photographs were taken of glaciers that I was saying to that, that aren't there anymore. So, I mean, you've seen firsthand what's at risk from climate change. And that's, that's exactly why I've kind of gone into this. Beguiling is an interesting word, I think. In fact, my wife was one of the ones who came up with it and thought that was a good one. Um, and I'd had an, another title that worked around beguiling. But the thing is, beguiling is a mix of absolute beauty with a trickster underneath it. So, in a way, we're the tricksters because we're the ones making sure everything goes wrong, really. Um, but um, there is a beauty in apocalypse. So, it's saying that, but instead of just saying it's beautiful, I've taken the photographs, I've printed them, and I've used timer fuse on them, which is, you know, in the movies where you see a fuse and it burns and they run away to somewhere and you see the burn go. That's a timer fuse because they burn at a certain rate. That's how you know how long you've got to run. So I've burnt timer fuse across them in different ways so that and filmed that and I've used that to make some of the video works that I've made to go with this show. And that's the countdown idea. It's that we're such destructive extractive creatures we leave junk behind in the arctic and the antarctic all the time we're just like that so you have video footage of some of these locations as well yeah wow yeah so it's the those places but i've also tied it into my local landscape and its changes because unless we make the connection between fabulous remoteness that we go oh that's so beautiful and here we lo we lose the point of what beguiling is about so I've taken I like to use folklore in different storytelling because I think folklore is often about landscape and weather it's how we approach it it's it's a story about when the giants and the gods fought you know for the control of something Raganov, which is one of the things so there are all these kind of folklore stories and so I photographed around Port Phillip because I've just been I am still the uh, Rupert Bunny fellow for Port Phillip which is quite an honor and they've supported the show um, and that that's been fabulous to do that. But it meant I could bring in Port Phillip as a way. So I've taken several images. And the funny thing about that was when I was out taking them, I've, I've made infrared photos before um, with infrared work. And I've done that in the Himalayas in particular because that's, that's called the third pole. And I was interested in poles. And it's about the ice mass in case you're going to ask the next question. Um so I was using infrared and I made a mistake with one of the colour formations that I did. So instead of being true infrared, it hints at infrared, but it's got this other 
otherworldly red glow that reminded me of... Do you remember those photos of Malakuta when it burned? Yes. People on the beach? That's the colour. Wow. Very apocalyptic. Absolutely. So it became, and because I was photographing on the beach, there's that film that was made in 1957 called On the Beach, which was about Melbourne being the last place on earth in the dystopia. Ava Gardner, yes. And, of course, you know... Port Phillip, you mentioned them, they're at risk really of rising sea levels and parts of Port Phillip being potentially swallowed up so all of those developed areas on the shoreline could go. Yes, pretty shorelines are something new. (laughs) I've got to ask you, Lisa, what is the location that you just find the most breathtaking that you've been to and photographed? Oh, gee, that's hard. I bet. Um, Oh, there's just too many. I can't. What's the most kind of shocking location? Was there a location that you went to and um, you were like, I'm really shocked about what's happening here, perhaps because of the climate degradation? I I think maybe I would go to Svalbard. Where's that? (laughs) Svalbard is an archipelago wedged into the Arctic ice shelf. And I was there, I think, in 2018 as a guest of the Norwegian government uh, to spend a month in the ice it's an incredible place. It's where the last robust DNA population of polar bears is. And so there's something like 3,500 polar bears and 2,000 people in the archipelago. It's split between two countries, Norway and Russia. <clears throat> so you can imagine the tensions that go on there. And um, at different times you can get round the main island, but... Um, most often it's shoved partly in there. So I did um, a hot air balloon across towards the pole. So we got as close to the pole as we could in a hot air balloon, which is only the third time they'd managed to do that. And it was bloody stunning, I've got to say. it was That actually was pretty beautiful. That was quite gorgeous. And just going over this landscape that's a combination of walking on the moon and, and being frozen while you're at it because it's awfully cold up there. But they have that big fire in the top, so you're not that bad. But, um, yeah, that was that was pretty stunning. But the thing about Svalbard is it was a mining place. They still do mine there. And the thing about the mines is it was underground mines. It's dirty, it's filthy, it's cold. According to legend, there are 500 people who never came up from the mines in collapses and things and... Of course, Norway and the Nazis, Norway and Germany, um, because they mined coal, the Nazis very carefully came up and bombed the hell out of Svalbard um, and and killed everybody and burnt everything. So there's this, any miners who were there died in that as well. And what people don't realise is, so there's mining equipment all over the place and like the last coal was being shuffled out onto boats because they don't do it anymore they've closed it and those the last coal was being shuffled out so over this white beautifulness was coal dust just blowing just blowing across industrial waste because they just dump stuff you know there's there's old coal shafts there's all sorts of things a lot of it's being done up now to become the seed banks so out of this utter devastation those same mines are being reinforced and they're saving the planet. They're the arc of our seeds. And so how, how, how's that for a twist? 
And that description really sums up why you've called the exhibition beguiling, because it is beguiling that humanity would do that to what feeds it and nourishes it and uh, sustains it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's very hard to know, and, and yet we keep doing this to places all around the world, like the places I've been and seen this kind of thing and how we shift and change and and we leave behind our rubbish all the time. And, I mean, the rubbish can be a whole town. Like when I worked in China, the rubbish could be an entire village. They just leave it and go on. Um, cruising around different parts of Russia at different stages, there'd be... There was one place I remember asking, like, what... What's on that side of the bay? Because it looked like a town and they said, oh, you're not allowed to go over there. It was deserted in, you know, 1967 suddenly and they rebuilt the town over here. And I said, but there's a truck over there. And they said, yeah, people break in and steal things. But aside from that, <laughs> so no one really knows why they abandoned the town. <laughs> It is an absolutely glorious exhibition for the Victorian Pride Centre to be to be hosting. It's called Beguiling. It starts on November 8. It runs until January 5. So heaps of opportunities for people to see it. Dr. Lisa Anderson, it has been a joy to meet you here at 3CR. It's It's been wonderful. Can I mention one more Please thing? Please do. The uh, talks, I'm going to do some talks and they'll be scheduled. So if you go to the website for the Victorian Pride Centre, you'll find it there. Awesome stuff. It's been a joy to meet you and uh, totally in awe of your magnificent work. Thank you so much for popping in. 3CR In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities, a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook. <laughs>